This year, due to the circumstances that we're all dealing with, I'm more reflective than I've been in a long time. Like everyone, I have specific and vivid memories that have shaped my past and who I am today. It's time to explore them. I don't think of myself as someone who shares, but supposedly it's cathartic. So here goes. Peter Dunn was a third grade bully, but he and I got along. At that time, I got along with everyone, but only had one or two close friends each year, if I was lucky. I don't remember who my best friend was in third grade. There was a kid named Graham I liked. How could you not like someone with the same name as my favorite, Cracker? My memory of him is forever tainted by one of the greatest acts of heartbreak I've ever experienced. We lined up to go outside during recess one day. It was December and we were bundling into our coats. Graham was talking to someone else in line and joking about those that still believed in Santa Claus. I still believed in Santa Claus. Why wouldn't I believe in Santa Claus? A man who brought joy to all one day a year and who brought me a lot of presents. And that was the first crack in the magic of what Christmas had been up until that point. I'll never forgive Graham. But anyways, as for Peter the bully, he and I first bonded over art of a sort. But before this bonding, we had fought once in the first grade, an actual physical fight which I've had very few of in my life. After school was over, we were outside waiting to get picked up. We were running around playing, and he decided we should play the tripping game. What's the tripping game? In real simple terms, it's a foot race in which you're allowed to trip each other. I was a fast kid, and I loved racing, so I said sure. We dropped our backpacks into the grass, decided on a target across the schoolyard that would act as the turnaround point, and the rules were simple. It was a straightforward race to the target, and back with the added complexity of being able to trip each other. We put our toes to the starting line, which was a crack in the sidewalk, and took off. While running, I successfully kicked his feet, causing him to plant into the grass while I continued to the turnaround point. I felt confident as I circled the tree and flashed back to the sidewalk. To this day, I can for the life of me tell you why I didn't give him a wider berth as I ran past him, but as I crossed his path, Peter, still on the ground, got a hand out and pulled me down. The race ended in the only way it could, and the two of us started wrestling, vying for the opportunity to get in a punch. Peter's much older brother had been about to jump in to kick my ass when a school administrator saw things and broke them up and took Peter and me into school. We got a talking to in the hallway and were sent back out into the sunlight to find our way home. The older brother had been there to pick up Peter. He was a high schooler and drove a Pontiac Firebird, the one with the actual Firebird on the hood. It was and still is such a cool car. By the third grade, this first grade race was ancient history, and while not exactly friends, we were on solid terms, and this is where art comes into the picture. My dad had a computer with a printer, a rarity at this point in time. It was one of those old dot matrix machines where a roll of paper with holes on each side for the spool to catch pulled the paper up as the printer head flew visibly from left to right like a really fast typewriter. Of course, everything was still just black ink on white paper. To show off the impressive technology, my dad made a copy of a cartoonish Corvette, which took up a whole sheet of paper. It was awesome. I brought it to school and showed it off to the other boys. Peter was truly taken by it and wanted it. He asked me to bring it back to school the following day, and he'd bring me something in exchange for it. The next day, Peter showed up with a hand-drawn female comic bookish character. I wasn't into comic books yet, but it didn't matter. The drawing was made by Peter's brother, and this woman had the telltale signature aspect common in all female comic book characters in the late 80s and into the 90s. 
she had large breasts. I can honestly say this was well before that meant anything to me. I just thought it was a cool drawing and she looked like a badass. I could get my dad to print another Corvette anytime, so I made the trade and the hand-drawn picture was mine. When I got home, I showed the picture to my parents. While the breasts didn't mean anything to me, it meant something to my parents. They weren't impressed. And somehow, by coincidence, later that day, the picture disappeared. I didn't know how I lost it. I was so mad at myself. It wasn't until a couple days later and a lot of searching that I put two and two together and realized my parents must have taken the large-breasted drawing and thrown it away. They threw away my first art purchase. On a field trip later in that year, our class took a trip to a park where we played a multitude of games and sports, one being baseball. I was never a huge fan of baseball, but I liked gear. I always liked gear, still do to this day. The material used to play or do something often holds more of an interest to me than the actual activity itself. Now, my father was a big fan of baseball. It's one of only a handful of sports I've ever seen him play. He had the coolest piece of baseball gear, a first baseman's mitt. I always had an outfielder's mitt. I loved the shape and extra padding in my dad's mitt and was always jealous of it. Now, the coolest item I owned for the purposes of playing baseball was a metal baseball bat, which was brand new to me in the third grade. Up until then, I'd only ever used a wooden bat in my St. Joe T-ball team and Wildcat baseball. I brought the metal bat with me on this field trip. Towards the end of the trip, Peter and his two sidekicks asked me to borrow the bat, which I gave up. They proceeded to go to the concession stand where they smashed the bat against the door. This was far enough away from everything else that the teachers didn't notice. I stood across the park watching, feeling guilty about lending my bat, feeling conflicted as to whether to tell someone or just let things happen. Ultimately, I didn't tattle. I don't remember if they got in or not, but they returned a couple minutes later with my bat. The green paint of the door was scratched into the metal of my bat, and it never came off. It's as if my culpability and the vandalism bled onto this object, which I was once proud of. I don't know why I still think about Peter from time to time. These random events didn't have much impact on my life, but I still remember them vividly. The brother, the one with the car and the one who drew the female comic book character, committed suicide a couple years after the events I shared here. I can't find Peter on Facebook, so I don't know what happened to him. Based on his trajectory, I wouldn't guess that he lit the world on fire, unless he literally did so. But I guess I never lit the world on fire either. I guess I'm still trying. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe to it, share it with a friend, and leave a review on the podcasting service of your choice. Thanks again.